hey, and welcome to another podcast, Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? <laughs> Super sweet. How about you? It is going fantastic. Really? Why is that, Paco? I'll let you in. I'm gonna, I was going to start this show off by talking about the, the Mickey Dolan's tour uh-huh. and how if any of our listeners were going, at this tour, they're selling the Blu-ray box set that was out of stock, apparently. And, <laughs> yeah. and I guess they found some in the back of Mike's garage or something, <laughs> and they were selling them on tour for this yeah. Mickey tour. So if any of our listeners were going to shows, I was going to throw out there like, hey... I'll, 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 if you could pick one up for me, I'll send you the money and you send it to me. I'll pay for shipping and all that. Yeah. Cause the close, the closest shows were like a time zone away for, for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. They're really far away and it would have ended up costing like almost a thousand dollars to get there and back plus the box set. Yeah, yeah. So as we were getting ready for this show, I was having some microphone issues and then Jeff sent me a thing saying, Hey, there's something on uh, monkey's Instagram that might be interesting to you. <laughs> I went and checked it out and the monkeys have put the box set back up for sale on their website as well as Rhino's website. So if you missed out on the first time, like me, you can now pick it up. And we delayed starting the show just so I could make sure I ordered it and got my confirmation. And I did. Yum, yum, yum. I, honestly, I'm going to take a minute here. You don't know how happy I am. I thought like if I did get to one of these Dolan shows and I got to get the box set, people would see me like weeping, like holding on to it and weeping like a lock of Paul McCartney's hair at Ed Sullivan or something. But uh, I, it, it was honestly a huge kick in the pants when it got taken, when it was out of stock because like, okay. I couldn't swing let's, let's, it. Let's not focus on that part. No, let's no. focus no. on how you feel now. That's what I was getting to. That's what I'm getting to. Okay. Like I was okay. so sad. Cause then all of a sudden I had the money and I went to buy it and it was out of stock. And I was like, what? I, I was so devastated. Uh, and uh, then this happened and I heard it was on for sale. And I actually wrote to Andrew Sandoval and was like, hey, is it true that these box sets are on sale? And he did. He wrote back saying, like, yeah, they're on sale at this at these shows. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God, how do I get my hands on it? But now I'm assuming it's already in the mail, like from six minutes ago when I ordered it. I assume they've already put it in the mail and it's on its way Ooh. to me. <laughs> Okay, a couple of things. First of all, how cool is it that Andrew Sandoval wrote you back? Uh, very cool, man. I thought Pretty that was Pretty promptly. He's, he's kind of a busy dude at this time. Yeah, yeah. And and it was nice because it wasn't just me being like, hey, man, like say hey to Mickey for me. Like You don't expect to hear back from that. But it was like an actual question that I had. Yeah. And, and, uh, and folks, this is for real. This really did just happen like minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm so excited to get this box set. Like you don't even understand. Like- when you get that box set, might you skip right up to episode 52? I might do that. I, you know what I did, actually? I uh, Okay, I'll, I'll confess this. I'll confess this. In okay, order to okay, get go. this box set, I had to sell my soul to the devil. <gasps> Paco! And I only learned to do that through Peter Tork from this week's episode, The Devil and Peter Tork. Oh, it worth it so far. There's no downsides yet, so... But the ramifications yeah. in Act Two. Oh man! Yeah, it'll come to me. It'll only be like Betamax or something. Oh <laughs> no! It won't be Blu-rays. Somehow I'll get burned. <laughs> oh, it's Partridge Family. That's that's what happens yeah, to you. Yeah. In the yeah. nightmare scenario. <laughs> so this week's episode, as we say, number fifty-two, "The Devil and Peter Tork," directed by our main man James Frawley, mm. written by Robert Kaufman, Gerald Gardner. 
and our old oh. buddy D Caruso. You gotta be kidding me. He shows back. Of course, it's about the devil being angry. D Caruso showing up. Wait a second. That, who's, who's at the door? Oh, who's up, sounds like someone's at the podcast Valley Door. You thought you got rid of me? Here <laughs> I, I am. Me. The day you get your box set, D Caruso shows up. Maybe that'll wow. change your tune, pal. Oh my God. Similar to this episode, they're like pulling out all the stops. Yeah. Must be Sweeps Week. Podcast. Yeah, must be. <laughs> you gonna tell him when it originally aired, you hack? Oh, Sorry, God. D. Jeez. Okay. Originally aired you, you, February 5th, 1968. He's got uh, all your moves memorized, Paco. All right, I'm out of here. Do better this time. Okay. <laughs> Thank, thanks, D. Thank you, D. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Oh, man. It's... So, anyway, uh, the episode, it opens up. Peter's at a pawn shop. And Monty Landis appears. Good to have him back again. Yeah, been a minute. And uh, he asks Peter if he's buying or selling. And he tells him that he's just browsing. And Landis says that maybe by the end of the day, he'll be doing both. And then uh, when he puts his hand on Peter's shoulder and takes it off, he leaves like a burn mark on Peter's <laughs> on his shirt. E. Special effects. They're, Amazing. They're coming out. So <laughs> Peter comments on all, on all the groovy instruments that he has. And uh, Landis tells him, that they all belong to musicians who have fallen on bad times. Oh, boy. Which is what most pawn shops are. Everything in yep. there is if someone <laughs> fell on bad times. If it's something cool, it's like, oh, what a shame. Every time I see yeah. something rad at a pawn shop. Yeah, this is still the first decade or so of rock and roll. So pawn shop folks are learning, to, hey, it's going to be like 80% of our business right here. Thanks man. to those liver puddly and mop tops. Late 60s, for sure, man. Everyone who bought guitars when the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan. <laughs> They're now like, oh, I'm going to college now. I don't need this anymore. <laughs> but now all the hippies who are coming up are like, sweet, a guitar for $5. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Peter asks why they didn't come back to claim them. And Landis says, You know how musicians are here today, gone tomorrow. Ooh. Which is, uh, it, it, now it's kind of like, ooh, that's kind of a deep thing. But in 68, there hadn't been a lot of rock and roll casualties yet. So yeah. it was more funny than it is now isn't that a line from pet sounds yeah yeah <laughs> you're under arrest <laughs> that wasn't a drop folks that was a live taste of paco <laughs> yeah. doing some uh, deep cut outtake heroes and villains you're under arrest so anyone who knew that drink up <laughs> so peter says that he's a musician and landis tells him to look around and peter spots a harp of all goddamn things. <laughs> and so Peter really digs on the harp and he says that he loves it. And Landis says that he must mean that he needs or desires it because no one truly loves anything anymore. But Peter says that he loves it, but he doesn't have any money. And Landis says, what a pity. And he just covers it back up with the sheet. Ooh. And it's weird you put it under a sheet at the pawn shop. You, like, show well, that thing off. You keep the dust off of it. Uh, harp demand has gone down a bit. I guess. When since, since the aforementioned liver puddly and mop tops. So then Peter says he'd give anything for it. And Landis is all schemy and shifty. And he snaps his fingers and a contract appears in his hand. More special effects. Amazing. And uh, he tells Peter to sign right here. And then the harp is his. So he does. And he takes the harp. <laughs> and then he doesn't even question it. You'd think maybe just a little bit. You might say, yeah, what am I signing? <laughs> Nope. But nope. Just scrolls down to the I agree and hits it. 
This is why Mike isn't playing this role in this episode. Yeah, if Mike was with him, this would have never happened. No, this is why it's Peter and he's by himself. Yeah, exactly. So once Peter's gone, Landis picks up a red telephone that has a sign that says hotline on it. And he says into the phone, This is himself. Make a reservation for one. I've just purchased the soul of a Mr. Peter Talk. And then we cut to (laughs) Peter walking down the street carrying this enormous harp. And a voiceover says, Soul. Some say it's a man's heart or spirit. Certainly without it, we cannot survive. For no man can live without love. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Yeah, whatever. Then we hit the intro. Uh, just a shade under two minutes in, which is uh, about right. Yeah, it lays down everything you long. need to know about it. It lays episode. down everything, yes. It gets a lot going. I wonder if in the 60s, late 60s, seeing some hippie walking down the street in California carrying a harp is really <laughs> like that weird. Or if it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> also, Peter Tork is one of the most famous people around at the time. So oh, there's there's Tork with a harp. <laughs> yeah, I'm even in like the MCU like people just seeing him, like an out of work musician, just carrying a harp. They're like, "Yeah, well, that also might be why you're out of work." <laughs> he decided to go with the harp. <laughs> so we come back uh, to a mystical version of the theme, which is awesome. Nice. And uh, Mike and Peter are admiring the harp, and Mike is wearing the wool hat again, and he he points Ooh. out that the harp is beautiful, and can make beautiful music, but also says that Peter can't play the harp. Mickey tells Peter that he should take it back, and then he and Davey just leave. They just, like, yeah, you should take that, and then they just split from the pad. They split. And, and you'll notice, yeah, similar to the, the wool hat reappearing, uh, Mickey's got his uh, early 67 hair back. Yeah, and there's a laugh track. Ooh. Like, yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of throwback or callbacks in this episode. Interesting. Uh, so Peter agrees that he can't play it, and Mike says that he'd be better off if he just took it back, and suddenly there's a puff of smoke, and Landis is standing in the room. Mike asks who he is, and Peter says that he's Mr. Zero, and that he's the guy who sold him the harp. No one questions how he appeared. They just <laughs> Mike just wants to know his name. Zero asks why Peter needs Mike around now that he has his harp, and Mike says that he does odd jobs around, like sweeping up, and then Zero snaps his fingers, and a broom appears in Mike's hand. And uh, Zero says that Peter doesn't need people like Mike around anymore because he can make Peter famous. And then Mike just splits. He's like, okay, you don't need me around anymore. (laughs) Zero tells Peter that he can play the harp, and he tells him to play. And Peter starts to play, and it's great. Play, Peter. So Zero again tells Peter that he can make him famous, and then he disappears. Then Mike and Mickey walk back in and ask Peter how he learned to play the harp so fast. And he says that Mr. Zero taught him. (laughs) <laughs> but Zero's obviously gone. And Zero didn't teach him anything. Let's be honest here. So Davey comes in, and he says that he thought they were getting rid of that thing because it's too big. <laughs> Davey doesn't like big things. Anything bigger than him, he's not a fan of. No upright basses, no harps. <laughs> no. Any, anything that might take him out if yeah. he fell out of the monkey mobile. Yeah. yeah, he's not interested. Yeah, no didgeridoos, no huge bassoons. <laughs> <laughs> you never see those in the monkeys. Man, didgeridoo, more like didgeridon't, man, if you know what I mean. It's taller than me. How do you even play that thing? Can't even climb it. Gonna use it as a fireman's pole, man. Except for that thing on the bottom catch me in the knickers, you know, man. Jeez. And see. Perfect. Thank, thank you, Davey. And so Peter shows him that he can play the harp, and then Davey instantly changes his tune and loves the harp. 
<laughs> and uh, so Peter asks if he can work it into the act, and Mickey turns into a newspaper boy. Extra, extra, read all about it. Rock and roll group gains fame and fortune by Anderson Hart in the act. Then the phone rings, and Mike says that there's no such thing as an overnight success. And when he answers the phone, the guy says that he he's heard that they have a harp act, <laughs> and that they're going to be an overnight success. Mike hangs up the phone, and Mickey asks, "What's up?" Are we going to be an overnight success? Yeah, he's good at giving messages, like to a yeah. T. So we cut to a train and then an arena filled with screaming kids and a newspaper headline that reads monkeys intro harp. And the other headlines on uh, the, the paper are Kenya embarrassed by five African rhinos <laughs> and post office gets advice on hiring of youths. <laughs> Interesting. And so then there's live shots of the monkeys playing over Peter playing the harp. Another headline that says monkeys harp a hit. And and, it, and the other two headlines are the same headlines from the other one, just so you know. And I like how they're splicing in the concert footage of yeah. them. You yeah, know, exactly, yeah. With Pete playing the harp. But yeah. They're taking over the world. With this, the crowd's going wild for the harp. Yeah. And then the third headline says, monkey harp is happening. <laughs> so that's nice. So back at the pad, Peter's still playing the harp, and the other guys are going through the fan mail, which is a huge stack of fan mail. And Mr. Zero shows back up in a flash of smoke. Who's that? Is that uh, that Zero guy? Yes, Smokey the Bear. And uh, Zero asks if Peter is pleased. And Peter says that he loves playing the harp and making people happy. And Zero says there's one piece of business to discuss. And he snaps his fingers and the contract appears. And Davey says... (laughs) See? A little bit of everything in this one, There is. Mike says that he knew there had to be a hitch and approaches Zero and reads the contract and realizes that it's a contract with the devil. I'm so glad I don't have to introduce myself. <laughs> Mike's, Mike tells Peter that he sold his soul to the devil, and Peter says that he doesn't believe in devils. And Zero says that's why, it's so, that's why he's so interesting. Innocence is at a premium. <laughs> so Mickey protests and says that he's putting them on, and Zero snaps his fingers, and <laughs> Mickey's chair falls apart. And then <laughs> Davey's shirt disappears, and then Mike is holding the broom again. That, that seems to be Mike's go-to thing. <laughs> he gets to hold a broom. Devil or not, he's a rotten house guest. <laughs> okay, seriously. Your Monkeys episode bingo card is filling right up. You got uh, Mickey and the breaking furniture. You got shirtless Davey Jones. There's a lot of stuff happening here. Yeah, yeah, they're squishing it all in. Zero tells Peter that his soul must be turned over by midnight. And Davey goes, oh, again. <laughs> really trying to make it a thing. <laughs> he really is. And then Mike says that it's only 8 o'clock. And Zero tells him that he's just trying to beat traffic. So Mike says that Peter wants his four hours. And Zero says he can have them, but he'll be back at midnight to get Peter's soul. And he snaps his fingers and everything goes back to normal and he disappears. The boys try to comfort Peter, but he tells him that he's scared. And he's, he doesn't want to go, too. And as he says, hell, there's a loud thunder crash and we see zero in hell surrounded by like hot devil women and not doing a good job at making hell look really bad. It's like, <laughs> it looks good nice point. and warm. There's a bunch of girls like devil girls dressed in bathing suits all surrounding him. It's like, man. Ex- excellent observation. Pop. Yeah. Uh, I guess he is the head honcho though in hell. Like if I show up, True. the devil girls aren't going to ditch him to hang out with me. But anyway, this leads us to a very early Monkey's Romp with the song Salesman. Yeah. I I was really surprised how quickly this happened in the episode. Like, we're not even to the first commercial break. We've already got a romp going. But it's to Salesman, which is cool. And it kind of goes with the the theme of the episode. 
absolutely it fits and uh it's also a pisces song so this came out they, they shot this episode before they even recorded headquarters and now they've put a song in here that's on a record that i think just came out and like you can tell like the footage of mike si- quote unquote singing salesman he looked i think he's singing something else and they just found some syllables but he's got the sunglasses <laughs> on where it sort of matches up yeah because i thought well they're in the rainbow room but they're doing salesman like that's pretty interesting so throughout the romp, the boys wander into hell. A close-up of Zero's mouth, the disco ball and flames going on. The devil girls are dancing in front of the boys and like trying to lure them in. Your, your blase delivery of, so the boys wander into hell. <laughs> yeah. It sort of adds to like the not-threatening nature of hell. <laughs> so they bring Peter right up to Zero, who tells Peter to kneel, and he does, but the boys grab him and try to take him away. We see Mike singing in the rainbow room with his blue suit and the blue tinted glasses. Awesome. Yes. The boys are all backing up in hell and bump into each other and all get scared. Classic. Yeah. Uh, Then the devil girls show up and they're trying to stab them with these pitchforks. And that goes on for quite a while, to be honest. (laughs) Uh, Zero's laughing. The boys are dressed up like devils themselves in like red satin outfits with little hoods and devil horns on them. Just makes them look more adorable than threatening. The devil boys are dancing with the devil girls. Zero is there kind of like (laughs) hypnotizing the boys while dancing. Another devilish girl in like lingerie walks past with a tray and a drink. And uh, Peter and Davey are are just consumed by her. (laughs) And fast motion of the guys being chased by Zero. The boys are on treadmills. Whole lot of running around. Zero is controlling on the treadmills. And uh, a lot of classic, classic rompery. Yeah. Yeah. And then it ends with like, a lot of like fast, fast, fast cuts of the boys, the girls, and Zero. And then that takes us out of the romp. So back at the monkey's pad, Mike says, That's what it's all about. And Davey says, Yeah. It's pretty scary. And Mickey says, You know what's even more scary? What? You can't say on television. And it's, oh. it, it's very, uh, again, at the time, I bet you that was kind of, not cutting edge, but like, oh man, like they're actually saying it and it has to get bleeped out. Yeah. And, and it again, shows the, how much has changed, I guess, on television too, because that's not anything <laughs> you'd worry about nowadays. For real. For real. But it is, it is something that they had to deal with then. So after the commercial break, uh, the boys are gathered and Mike is saying that they have to remember that they're dealing with a cool, diabolical mind. And Peter says, thank you. <laughs> I'm talking about the devil. Oh, <laughs> Mickey tells him not to worry but he's got a wooden stake and as soon as he comes in the door he's going to stab him but as he makes the motion Zero shows up and the stake turns into a feather and Mickey just tickles the devil's nose (laughs) Zero asks Peter if he's ready and the boy says that he can't do it now he's got clothes at the cleaners and he has to take care of that or he's got a letter to write to his mother or he has a million things to do and can he do it tomorrow and the mic's heard that due to lack of interest tomorrow has been cancelled so it'll have to be the next day so Zero's having none of it and he tells Peter that he'll like it down below and Peter asks about the fires and Zero tells him that he won't burn he'll just feel a sense of depression oh man Uh, so Davey stops him and asks if he can make a deal with the devil to take him instead of Peter what a good friend Davey is hopping in there taking the bullet for Peter you saw saw the birds down there yeah that's true yeah he's just looking out for himself (laughs) <laughs> but Zero says uh, that it's in his con- that his contract is with Peter, and then they get into a tug of war with Peter, pulling him back and forth. Hmm. And Peter asks if they can flip a coin, and he'll go with the winner. 
Mike says that they really, they really can't stop him if they have a contract, but says he doesn't think that the contract is legal and wants to take Zero to court. Zero protests and asks why young people can't just deal with the fact that there's a devil and be done with it. But there's 10 <laughs> minutes left, so he'll convene a court and he claps his hands and suddenly they're in a court of some kind of persuasion or something. <laughs> so Zero introduces the judge, who's played by Billy Beck, and the judge yells... <laughs> and Zero says that he's no, he's known as the hanging judge. <laughs> I feel like this judge is uh, doesn't care about the due process. <laughs> nope. And so the jury comes in, and they're made up of guilty men from the from Devil's Island, and they start to chant. <laughs> also, not a good sign for Peter. No. So Zero introduces the first witness, Billy the Kid, who's played by Peter Cannon. And, and what, 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 what's he got to witness? What did really the kid witness out of any of this? Was, was he at one of the concerts at the harp shows? He's a big fan. And so, uh, he, so Billy the Kid appears and he starts to shoot everything up. Guns show up in the episode, of course. And gavels. In the same frame, we have a super MCU bingo, folks. This, this episode might have the most reoccurring monkey stuff in it. Than any episode, we'll have to we'll have to check it out for the for the award show. <laughs> for real, there's a lot a lot of uh, monkey business, shall we shall we say? <laughs> so uh, Zero asks Billy if they have a contract and if Zero made him the most famous gunslinger ever, and Billy says they they sure did, and he'll shoot anyone who says anything different. The boys argue about who will cross examine Billy, and they say Odd Finger will have to do it, and Mike has the Odd Finger. Although he feels like his fingers aren't that odd. <laughs> I gotta go talk to Billy Pooh here, huh? So Mike says, well, Mr. Kid, and Billy points a gun at Mike. <laughs> Mike asks him if Zero promised to make him the most famous gunslinger. And Billy says, that's right. And Mike agrees and goes back to sit down. And then Mickey protests. Mike says there's no reason to antagonize the jury. And uh, Zero asks if they should close the case, but Mickey stands up and insists that Zero calls another witness. The judge asks why, and Mickey says, I'm on, the, uh, on the grounds that um, a television show's not over. Oh. Classic See- Caruso. <laughs> See you later, fourth wall. Yeah. I was meta before meta was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so Zero calls Blackbeard the pirate. And then he appears, and this is uh, Ted DeCorsia, plays Blackbeard. Uh-huh. And he says, yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum, I smell the blood of an Englishman. And Davey says, that's me. <laughs> and then he gets up. So, hat trick for Davey. Oos. Three oos. Amazing. Yep. So Blackbeard asks Davey's name and offers him some rum and talks about being on the high sea and starts swaying back and forth and back and forth. And then the picture turns green and Davey gets sick with the swelling and goes back to the table. <laughs> and Mickey says that they'll get him on the next witness. It's also, he should have said he was Davey Jones because Blackbeard might've been like Davey Jones. You know what I mean? Cause it's Davey Jones locker, but missed opportunity, missed opportunity. there. D I don't write that hack shit. <laughs> the low hanging fruit. Okay, D, calm down. We got to close that window. Yeah, yeah. I feel if anyone has started listening to the podcast recently, they're like, what is happening over there? Why is D. Crusoe so angry? (laughs) There's there's nothing on his Wikipedia page about being such a dick. (laughs) Zero calls Attila the Hun, who's played by Lee Kalima, 
And uh, Mike hypes up Mickey and he gets him to go talk to the Hun. So Mickey asks him when he had the agreement with Zero. And uh, then they start speaking some language that sounds like Chinese or Japanese, but Attila Hun was actually <laughs> Hungarian. So I don't know what they're speaking. And uh, then they get into a big argument, and Mike yells something, and Attila bows and walks away. What'd you say? I don't know. So Zero says that the prosecution rests, and Mickey says that the defense rests as well, and then puts a pillow on his face. Caruso. (laughs) Oh, boy. Comedy gold. And then uh, Mike says that the defense would like to call its first witness. Mr. Zero. And Zero takes the stand all too happily because he thinks he has this in the bag. And Davey asks him to put his hand on the Bible and Zero asks if he's serious. (laughs) (laughs) So Mickey says that they can just watch a movie of the book. No, so Mickey says they can just watch a movie of the book and Zero, Zero, Zoro, and Zero tells him that he was in that movie in the garden scene. He played the snake. Oh, hilarious. This, Zero's like Kato Kalin on the stand, just being a dick, making people laugh. So Mike takes over. He asks what Zero presents as evidence, and he says the contract. And he says that he allowed Peter to play the harp in exchange for his soul. And then we go, all, uh, you know, uh, very special monkeys here. And Mike says uh, that the contract is null and void because it didn't give Peter anything in return for his soul. And Zero says that he gave Peter fame and fortune. But Mike says that Peter didn't want that. He just wanted to play the harp. Zero says that he gave Peter the ability to play the harp in exchange for his soul. And Peter says very deeply, You know, it was almost worth it. (laughs) So Mike says that Zero didn't give him the ability to play the harp. Peter loved the harp and he loved the music. And that was inside of him all along. And Zero had nothing to do with that at all. Zero laughs at him. And Mike says that if you love music, then you can play music. No one is tone deaf. All it takes is just love. Because, baby, in the final analysis, love is power. That's where the power's at. Awesome. Man, that, that maybe Crusoe came in to punch that up. I think he's a softie. <laughs> the boys are all touched, but the devil just laughs at him. And uh, he takes Peter's ability to play the harp away and uh. tells Peter to try to play it now. Mike tells Peter to play, but he says he can't. Mike asks if he had heard what he just said. The power's inside Peter. No one can take it away or give it to him. It's a very touching scene, actually. It really is kind of nice. And uh, so Peter sits down at the harp and he plays I Want to Be Free. And he plays it beautifully, a nice harp version of I Want to Be Free. Yet another version of I Want to Be Free. Our fourth version. The album version, there's the pilot version, there's the live version, and now the harp version. Yeah, so many versions of this. So uh, even even the judge and the jury are impressed, and Attila the Hun and Billy the Kid start crying, as do the jurors and the judge and Blackbeard. Everybody's crying. This one time Peter isn't crying because he's playing the harp. That would have made it just everything in one episode. So at the end of it, the judge declares Peter not guilty and everybody cheers. Zero snaps his fingers and goes back to... And the judge asks Peter if he knows Melancholy Baby. (laughs) 
Oh boy. And uh, that's that's the end of the story part of the episode. Wraps up there. But we come back for a band performance of No Time in the Rainbow Room. Tremendous. Man, look out. What a banger this turns into here. Yeah. Mickey's wearing the tablecloth, and it's a super high-energy performance. The guys are dancing yeah, yeah, yeah. all around, having a lot of fun. Uh, Davey looks like he's wearing the leftover scraps from Mickey's tablecloth. Like, <laughs> just a much littler version. <laughs> Uh, there's a reoccurring joke of Mike not getting the dance steps right when they're tra- trying to do some dance steps together. And they look like they're having a real blast. Like they're having a lot yeah, of fun doing this. They're having a good this. time there. And uh, there's a, you may have noticed there's a lenticular version of the, the point line on the cover of the Blu-ray bike set that you yourself have on the way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Man. Tremendous. Just a little side note now. Whenever the box set got brought up ever to ever before, I always was like, oh, box, damn it. But now when it comes up, I'm like, yes, box set. I'm so excited. <laughs> but anyway. This guy. So, yes. But, uh, a couple notes about no time here. It's, uh, it's the last of five episodes that feature songs from headquarters. And the only songs from headquarters that are featured on the show are No Time and Randy Scouse Get. Interesting. There was also no singles from the album, like, hmm. like record label wise, the the thing where the monkeys play their own instruments, they they like kind of downplay it even on the show. Yeah. So yeah, all right. No, yeah, and you're right. It's very weird how they don't uh, lean on headquarters as much as they could have, really. Yeah, that probably fed into the compromise on the next album where they got some pros on board, and the music itself really kind of tightens up. Yeah, yeah, it really does, and it. It was like Kirshner, right? Who used to be like, yeah, they fired me just so they could stop making hits. And perhaps <laughs> that is true, but their music got better. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Kirshner was definitely like a record company dude looking for hits yeah. and selling records, not a music fan who's trying to yeah. like actually make good music that's cool and interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Definitely. And the... In the general vibe of the episode, you can tell it's shot like in early 67 because the boys are very much invested in the show. Like, the, their albums hadn't come out yet. Um, they hadn't gone on tour yet. They haven't gone to London yet. They're still very much into the show. And I think once they got back and shot the second half of the season in late 67, I think they were kind of like, okay. back. To, it, felt like, it probably felt like going back to work, you know? I agree. Yeah, it must have been really hard to go from being actors to rock stars and then having to go back to actors when it's like we were just with the Beatles. Like we were being taken seriously and now we're playing a band that no one takes seriously. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, very interesting. For real. So overall thoughts on this episode, jam-packed with... Like everybody knows this episode. If you're a monkey, you just hear the title, and you, even if you yeah. don't recall what goes on, you just recall like that's a good one. I remember that yeah, being a good for one. real. Because like, well, it feels like there feels like a movie almost, you know. Mm-hmm. And just the some of the shots are kind of like kind of some of the zooms and stuff. It feels kind of neat, and it's about them being a band, but it didn't require them to do any band stuff. Like they go on tour with the harp, but you you never see like. Mike holding a guitar just for the shooting of this episode or something like that, right? But it's yep. specifically about music, about them, about a pawn shop full of instruments and kind of more towards what we like about our Monkeys episodes when they actually deal with the, the boys being a band. Yeah, I agree. 
And it, and it's also nice to have like a Peter centric episode. Like the other guys mm-hmm. are there, but Peter's driving it in a cool way. And it's yeah. also nice because Peter's not like a a dummy throughout this episode. You know what I mean? No, no, like no. He, he at the beginning he sells his soul to the devil or something. But other than that, it's like he's not. He's but, he's cool to see Peter just get to be Peter. It is yes, and he is the, definitely the most sympathetic of the four. That you kind of like feel for them. You're kind of rooting for them to. <laughs> the right things to happen, you know, like right away. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. All right, so some of the categories here. Guns, you bet. <laughs> Darn tootin'. After two episodes with no guns, it sounds silly, but I've, I'm I'm glad guns are back. <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah, that'll be the only quote someone pulls from this episode of something <laughs> bad. If I ever do something bad, to be like, here's a podcast about how much he loves guns. Highlight of the show. That's tricky. There's a, mm. there's many highlights. Uh, highlight of the show for me is when they can't say hell, but say it anyway and have to cover it up. It's very memorable that part. Is, that is pretty important. But the harp rendition of uh, I Want to Be Free is pretty darn cool. That's true. Yeah, that's a good part too. The whole episode is a highlight of the whole oeuvre. It is. Of the MCU. Like you talk to any Monkeys fans. We talk about other episodes being their top five. This is in the everybody's top five yeah it's true it, it always makes it makes it in there um fourth wall break oh the, the mickey says the show's not over yet oh of they, course they reference them being a show yeah and he says what's really scary is you can't say hell on television yeah the whole that whole thing that you just yeah, talked about i just often. talked about it best musical moment uh for me the salesman romp i really liked hearing salesman yeah for sure all right classic monkeys moments there's so many davy saying <laughs> oh three times yeah Mike's hat, guns, <laughs> like <laughs> so devil chicks, D Caruso. Yeah, um, what wouldn't fly in 2021? Uh, pretty tame episode. Probably the joke, but not being able to say hell on, on television. Yeah, for real. That's the only thing people wouldn't really understand. All right. So now uh, getting into the did you knows. Um, this was the, f- we've mentioned this before, but this is the fifth episode filmed for the second season. But it yeah. got pushed back for a couple reasons. One was the use of salesman because of the drug reference apparently in it. That's one yeah, of the rumors. Are high. Um, and uh, the, Peter Tork said the reason was because they kept saying hell in the show. <laughs> and even getting covered up, they didn't want people to know what they were saying. So they, it got put on the back burner. And the cuckoo bird was on leave for two months. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's on sabbatical. <laughs> um, another one Peter couldn't actually play the harp but he said uh, with a couple hours of practice he could have played something simple for the show probably I bet he could he could play the bejesus out of anything it's true yeah that is true I bet you because of playing the banjo and using all your fingers on strings instead of a guitar really yeah. like that probably could help yeah, uh, sure. this is the last episode where we see Mike's wool hat We've said before, this oh. is the last episode. It was the last episode they filmed with the wool hat. This is the last time we okay. see it, finally. There, there she goes. Um, Mickey, oh, Mickey in the courtroom. Uh, shots of him are used in the opening sequence when they're getting the names Definitely. wrong. Yes, that's spot that, yeah. As soon as you see him sitting there, you're like, I know these shots. <laughs> <laughs> um, and although Roy Bean is known as the hanging judge in real life, he only sentenced two men to be hanged. <laughs> and one of them escaped before it could happen. So 
talking about getting saddled with a, a name. Like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Typecast. Yeah. Even in the judicial system. <laughs> So uh, Ted DeCorsia, who played Blackbeard, he has 204 credits, and he was also he also played Frank in Monkeys Hitting the High Seas. Okay. And Billy Beck, he has 134 credits, and he was also in uh, two episodes of the new Monkeys. Wow. <laughs> Oddly enough. Uh, Peter Cannon, he has 22 credits, and he was also in uh, Monkeys in the Ring. So this is his man, oh man. second another appearance. For sure, that's another monkey thing, recycling the, uh, oh, the other characters. Yeah, for sure. Actors. And uh, Lee Colima, who played Attila the Hun, he has 16 credits, and he was also uh, in The Spy Who Came In From The Cool, and he played oh, the what? guard in Head. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So there you go. That's what I have for Did You Knows. Well, if you have anything well, to add, hit me up. Yeah, like uh, as mentioned earlier, if you spotted it, and you just might be able to spot it if you have the Blu-ray discs on the way. But uh, the newspaper headline, when uh, the monkeys, harps, a hit, and all that go flying by, it's the Hollywood Evening Star with the subtitle, A Newspaper Dedicated to the Losers of the World. <laughs> That's right. That came right from the desk of Caruse. Damn. <laughs> One last time. That gotcha. is funny. And uh, this is also the last song, the last new song in the Rainbow Room. Like, they'll show us the Rainbow Room shots and stuff later in the, in the season, but this is the last new footage of them in the Rainbow Room. They, they did a lot of tunes in there, man. They did. That's why at the end, the, the interview at the end of that day, they're so <laughs> exhausted and don't want to be there. Because <laughs> like, we've been here for 14 hours. For real. But yeah, that's about it for a super good episode of The Monkees. Definitely one of, one of my favorites. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. And speaking of fantastic, uh, what, what, it what? is now time for everybody's favorite second half of the show. The random ad countdown featuring the wool hat of mystery. Bam, that's what they call it. Sorry, I was shaking up the hat and one of the songs fell out. Do you want that to be nope. the first pick? It wants it wants all right, out. that's gonna be the first pick. Hold on, I'll grab it. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm all tangled up. Okay. Last in the alphabet, but first in our hearts, we got Uh-oh. Zilch. Oh, Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina. Zilch. Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina. Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina. Zilch. China Clipper calling Alameda. China Clipper calling Alameda. Zilch. China Clipper calling Alameda. Self defense. Never mind the furthermore, the self defense. Never mind the furthermore, the police self defense. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. Zilch. Like, what do you do with Zilch? What do you do with Zilch? So, with Zilch. It's funny how the Mr. Dobelina, Mr. Bob Dobelina thing kind of has a life of its own. Like, it was <laughs> totally covered does. by Del the Funky Homo Sapien in the hip hop yes, song. Yeah. Mr. Dobelina, Mr. Bob Dobelina. Mr. Dobelina, Mr. Bob Dobelina. Mr. Mr. Dobelina, Mr. Bob Dobelina. 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 
it's funny because people who don't know the monkeys know that and have no idea that that comes from the monkeys kind of like like yeah. the monkeys have more hip-hop crossover than you'd think with mary mary and mr tabalina well, here we go it's for real grandmaster flash and then like a centimeter below the monkeys yeah in terms of hip-hop pioneers and then just below uh, the monkey sugar hill gang that's that's the, the hierarchy there yeah <laughs> but so, okay, what do we have to say about Zilch? Zilch seems like a bunch of dudes who have been let off the leash and get to do what they want to do. and it's, They get to play with the mics. They don't have cursors saying, don't touch that. Exactly. And, and they did this thing. Like, the thing is, they heard, in, they're in an airport, and they heard someone call for Mr. Dabalina, yeah. Mr. Bob Dabalina. And yeah, they just yeah. couldn't let it go and thought it was so hilarious. <laughs> for real. It, it's funny. Like, they do it in the round. Each guy has a thing to say. And never mind the furthermore the plea is self-defense. It's coming right from no time. Or yeah, yeah. vice think, versa. Who knows how, which way it went. But I think that's that itself is from like Oklahoma or something. I don't know. It's just like four weird references that they recognize the musicality of. And just... Yeah. It's, they're four beats long and they just layer them up. And it's just fun watching... Or watching. Listening to Mike kind of lose it and get it back and... It's just so funny. Yeah, Mickey completely falls apart. And they all come in, they say zilch, and they hit it, but Mike says zilch, and then waits a bar, and then comes in. He's the only one who kind of makes you wait for it. But uh, so, yeah, where in the uh, countdown do you think this should go? Oh. I'm inclined to put it in the Peter Percival Patterson's Pet Pig Porky neighborhood of... Uh, not quite songs, but not quite jellies. Yeah, I I can see that. <laughs> Maybe a little higher because it is kind of fun and it kind of means a lot. It even makes an appearance on the old uh, Pull It live review. Yeah, that, uh, that's true. Our, our first Zoom show. Maybe, maybe we do it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Go one above Peter Percival? No, no, maybe a little higher. Um, I was just going to put it maybe... Oh. Okay, Teardrop City, above or below? I was just about to ask you that exact same question. <laughs> um, right before Teardrop City's Let's Dance On? Yeah. I would put it, honestly, I'd put it one ahead of Let's Dance On. Okay, right behind, right behind the theme from the monkeys yep. on our list? Yeah. 10-4, let's put her there. Perfect. That's Zilch, folks. So that's Zilch, written by the four monkeys on the album uh, Headquarters. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Pass the hat over here. Since the, I guess the, the song decided the last one. Yeah. I guess I could grab one now. The hat decided it. Okay, it's that was then. This is now. There we go. A little high-end pool it. Check the chlorine on this one. <laughs> oh, wait. This wasn't even on pool it, was it? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, this is on... Uh, the Best of the Monkeys. This is on the Then and Now, The Best of the Monkeys. Yeah, yeah. So then, then should this be pre-pooling? Should this they be had here? prepared because it was technically a single with uh, okay M G B G T on the B side. This is now by <clears throat> Mickey Dolenz and Peter Tork, parentheses, of the Monkees. I've got to say, that that's a great tune. 
You know what I mean? Like out of the the '80s tunes from the Monkees, yeah. I think that's the best one. It's written by somebody named uh, Vance Brescia, B R E S C I A. I don't know who that is, but it's a good tune. I think it's like after the changes songs. It's the on the box set on the blue disc on the mic disc. Mm-hmm. This is the first taste of uh, the '80s Monkees, and those, those keyboards come in. You're like, oh. What's going on now? Yeah. But, you know, it's decent. And those people at the show in the video are having a pretty good time. Man, are they ever? Like, uh, we, as I'm sure everybody knows, we, like, listen to the song when we pull it out and then we, we talk about it. But with this one, Jeff suggested we do it with the video on. And it's a fun, fun video to watch. Davey's not in it. He hadn't joined back up with the group yet when they f- shot this video. So it's just yeah. Mickey and Peter. But, uh... Yeah. They're just having a great time. And like a couple of the shots, there's a huge crowd there. And it's like, this would have been pre it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, get this, it was recorded May 30th, 1986. Released June 27th, 1986. Holy smokes. <laughs> so like they're probably, because it's uh, the main, it came out as a single. And it's also um, on Then and Now, The Best of the Monkeys, which is like a, Light blue album. They got kind of colorized faces. Yeah. Which is, you know, like most monkeys compilations, it's a pretty good compilation. It's got a few previously unreleased tunes, including this. Yeah. I remember I found that one, that CD at like a pawn shop kind of thing, a UCD store. And that's where I got that oh, yeah. one. It's a, it's a good tune. I got to say, I, I liked it better than I remembered. I, <laughs> than I thought I would, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, uh, it's, I pulled this, didn't I? So I get to. Suggest where we put it. You know what? At uh, number 95, I got Anytime, Anyplace, Anywhere. Cool. I might put it right above that. Because these tunes kind of go together. Yeah, it's true. In my mind, yeah. Because, uh, well, they're both on this thing. <laughs> cool. Ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got another tune in that hat. Paco. Here we go. Here we go. It's been a big day. Let's see if we can go three for three in radicalness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boom. Can you dig it? Yes, we can. Fantastic. Can you dig it? Do you know? Would you care to let it show? Can you dig it? From the movie soundtrack, Head, also featured in the film itself in a weird little (laughs) chill-out, what are those hookah festival <laughs> they get involved yeah. with a bunch of white girl belly dancers? Yeah, I think for sure. Remember, I think we talked about this in the Gypsy episode back in first season. They probably had a conversation about like, you know what? If we get a movie going, we're going to spend a day in a belly dancer room for like the vaguest of reasons. And yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll do a song. That, who knows? But belly dancer room, write it down, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and just tell you, Peter probably whipped this together quick where they're like, hey, you know, we need a song to do. That's why they'll let us do it. And he's like, I got one. He's like, what? Got one right here. Yeah. Can you dig it? And the, the, the diehards know there's a version of Peter singing it up there. Yes. Oh yeah, one last thing about the belly dancer room where <laughs> or Mickey and Mike are talking that uh, 
I sent I sent Davy and Peter for reinforcements, and there's just that quick cut back to the two of them in the <laughs> yeah, belly dance right. group. <laughs> and you're getting fed grapes. <laughs> so um, yeah, this one uh, Peter wrote it. All of them sing on it. Mike produced it. It was a it's a really cool. The bass is awesome in it. The guitars are great yeah, in it. It's a, it's a really great 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 song. I think anyway. It's a great tune. It's good group effort and. Um, yeah, that, that time, uh, right before Head came out, seemed like it was really artistically quite satisfying and fun. Yeah, yep, definitely. Right before Head came out. Yeah, probably like up until when Head came out. They were like, here we go. Because like, I wonder, probably for them, they probably thought like, uh-huh. well, now we're just going to be a band. Like, we'll do like this this movie. It's going to be crazy counterculture, nutty movie we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to mm-hmm. keep making this this album that goes with it, which is really good and also really out there in some spots. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they, they just weren't, I feel, they weren't embraced the way they thought they were going to be embraced. No. And, uh, it's weird. It was, it was their uh, magical mystery tour. Yeah. And they didn't quite have a Sgt. Pepper. In fact, Headquarters is technically their Sgt. Pepper, yeah. as far as their most important record. But for the for Head to n- <laughs> not do so good, <laughs> yeah. to put it mildly, kind of <laughs> killed a lot of momentum. Kind of um, just the opposite of, uh, you know, London 67, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Okay, so where are we going to place this in the countdown? I'm thinking pretty <laughs> high up. It's, it's going to be... Higher than uh, I think that it was might be single digits if I know Paco. Maybe see, there's some. It might be close to single digits. I would say. Okay. I would say. Say so I'm gonna put it in at number thirteen, right behind "I Love You Better." That's <laughs> what we'll put. Can you dig it? So you love "I Love You Better" better than "Can You Dig It" by, yeah. by one digit. Yes, but one just above you bring the sun. Yeah, I love it better than the summer, but not as much as. <laughs> Loving you better. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Fantastic. Well, okay, that wraps up uh, another episode of Podcast Valley Sunday. A pretty good one, I'd say. The hat was very nice to us. The episode was fantastic. This was this is a all arounder, man. This is great. I got to order the box set. This is is, is a legendary day. This is a big one. This is a big one. Everybody, remember where you were on this day. (laughs) This is it. The the rest of this thing, anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah. We're phoning it in from here on out. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty much done. So anyway, from me, Paco. And me, Jeff. Have yourselves a monkey's little evening. On (laughs) Blu-ray.